0: Of the Logan Blackman Show. We are officially one day, one freaking day, one more sleep until the 2023 NFL Draft. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, give yourselves a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. We have officially made it, and it is ramping up silly season. Keeps ramping up. Keeps getting sillier and sillier as the days go on, and the number two pick keeps getting more and more ridiculous as the day goes on. But with that being said, before we get into what we're going to talk about today, make sure to follow Logan Blackman show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and, of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman. Logan with the show's Instagram account being The Logan Blackman Show. One, Facebook and YouTube. Search Logan Blackman Show. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and like and follow the Facebook page. And then, of course, to listen to right now. So uh, make sure you are following and or subscribe to the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts and leave a rating out of five stars. It could be a one-star rating or a five-star rating. Don't really care, just as long as you leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do. And I was just thinking about this. I would just like to preface this. I guess it's over, so I can't preface this anymore. Because preface would imply that we're saying this before something. No, I'm saying it after the event. That stuff that we say for the, the following stuff, that's not, I don't have that written down anywhere. I've got the cadence down. So it's kind of just like second nature. It just feels really normal just to say that. I've got everything, like, down to a exact one, two, three, one, two, three, one. That, I don't know if that's the exact beat that we got it going, but... But, yeah, it's... <laughs> I feel... I feel weird. I've never really thought about that until right now, where it could sound like, oh, you're reading that. No, I'm actually not. I'm being really weird and just remembering the entire thing. It's an odd thing to do, but uh, I apologize in advance for not having a show on Monday. I sincerely apologize. I had a wedding on Saturday... And then Sunday was just a long, boring, tiresome day. Like, the Sunday just dragged on. And with that, by the time I got back to my apartment, because I was out of the apartment pretty much the entire day, by the time I got back, I was just ready to fall asleep. I was just about ready. I was ready to fall asleep. And I, before you before you say anything, I can hear you saying it. I can hear you saying it. I can hear you thinking it. I can hear you doing all. Was I hungover? No, I was not. I was not. I don't think I was actually drunk at any point throughout the wedding. I had to drive people around that night. So no, we were good. It was just a long day. Saturday, the wedding started at two 30. I think I got back to my apartment. Jeez, around midnight, one o'clock, somewhere around there. And then I get up on Sunday at like 10, 1030. So it was one of those days where it was just, it was just a weird day. And by the time I got like, I went over to my parents' house, didn't eat lunch till one. The only thing I had to eat the entire day was Me, Mexico, which is over by Rally West Mall, somewhere in that general vicinity. It's not by the mall, but it's over in that that area. So that was the only thing I had that entire day. And then we watched NASCAR. We watched some NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't remember who the games we were watching on that day, but then we had the, the Golden State Warriors versus Sacramento Kings, which have been a really fun series. So, yeah, we've done a – I did a lot of stuff on Monday, or on Sunday – In regards to just sitting down and watching stuff, I didn't really do anything physical Sunday. I just sat down, watched TV with my dad. My mom and sister came over a little bit later. if They went to the mall after lunch, and it was all good. And I got back to my apartment around 7, and I was just ready for bed. I think I was in bed by just after 9, a little bit after 9. So it was just a tiring day, and I was like, man, if I record a show right now which I wanted to. Don't get me wrong. I really wanted to because the week before the, the week of the draft is awesome. It is awesome because things, as we said before, just keep ramping up and getting healier and healier as the things go on. So you just want to have like the most fun you can have with it and just talk about every little in, in, in and out that is going to take place. And one of the biggest questions going into the draft, or this week, I guess, was whether or not Aaron Rodgers was going to get traded. That was one of the big questions. It was always it was all over social media when it first happened. When he went on the Pat McAfee show, he talked about, "Hey, I was ninety percent retired. I want to go for the go to the Jets. My intention is to play for the New York Jets." And the Jets were like, "Well, we're not giving the Packers two first round picks for a guy that was ninety percent retired. That is stupid. Like what? What? I I didn't understand at that time. Like what?" Cards the Packers really held, other than the player, which I, I guess is the the most important factor of this entire thing. The Jets are trying to get said player. Packers are I don't know, seemingly ready to move on from said player. The Jets have expressed interest in it because they still, for some reason, have faith in Zach Wilson. Joe Douglas, the GM of the Jets, came out today said Zach Wilson's ceiling is unlimited, Mister Unlimited 2.0. Zach Wilson. We'll see if Aaron Rodgers sticking around for a certain amount of time. Lord knows how long he's going to be around. We'll see how that affects Zach Wilson's development and see if that helps him spur on his career. Sitting behind a guy like Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, a four-time NFL MVP, that'd be very helpful. And with me saying that, I think you could just under I think you can understand that uh Aaron Rodgers officially officially got traded to the New York Jets yesterday on uh April twenty-fourth. So yesterday for you is April twenty-fifth, but yesterday for me was April twenty-fourth. And the trade officially went down, and I was sitting here. And I, we did mock draft 2.0. We had the Jets trading that first round pick to the Green Bay Packers, but what they got back instead, I think, is a little bit more of a a nicer deal for the Green Bay Packers. The, so the Jets didn't have to give up their entire first round. I don't really know. Like I've seen on Twitter, I love the reactionary stuff on Twitter because again, Twitter is a very like minded place where people can share great opinions and not get judged for said opinions. So when it it comes to Aaron Rodgers, one of the more polarizing players in recent NFL history, there's going to be differing debates because Aaron Rodgers, as popular as he is between some people, he's as unpopular with other people because the dude, by all accounts, is a dork. (laughs) Like, would I love to sit down and talk to Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I would. But he's an oddball, and that's fine. I'm not dissing Aaron Rodgers at all. He's He's just a little bit of an oddball. I think Aaron Rodgers would even say that. Openly talk about <laughs> ayahuasca and tripping on shrooms and going to a dark retreat. Yeah, you're a little bit of an oddball, especially for the NFL quarterback position. Especially for the quarterback position, great player, great stuff. But it's funny how things transition on Twitter. Is like, oh, the Jets, the Packers fleeced the Jets, I and mean, you have some people going, oh, the Jets are bona fide Super Bowl contenders now. Like two completely different reactions to this whole situation, and I'm sitting here where I could see the positives of both sides. Okay, for the Green Bay Packers situation, they got a pick, they got the 13th overall pick, the 42nd overall pick, the 207th overall pick, and then a second-round pick next year that could turn to a first-round pick should Rodgers play 65% of the jet snaps. Now, other than breaking it, would he break his clavicle when Anthony Barr hit him? The vicious hit delivered by Anthony Barr, I know that a lot of my friends that are Vikings fans love people talking about that egregious illegal hit that Anthony Barr threw on Aaron Rodgers. I know they love hearing about that, but other than that, Aaron Rodgers hasn't really missed a significant amount of time throughout his NFL career. He missed some time, was it two years ago? He missed the Kansas City Chiefs game where Jordan Love had to come in and get his first and only start in the NFL. He's played in 10 games, appeared, started one. Started one game, appeared in 10. So I would imagine that Aaron Rodgers, barring something significant, is going to be able to stick it out. In play 65% of the snaps. So, basically, the Packers got two first-round picks for the deal, like they originally wanted, but when it, they first were announcing the deal, it was like, oh, the Packers are going to get the 13th, and they're going to keep the 15th overall pick. No, they just swapped first-round picks. So, they really got one first-round pick of the deal. They just moved up two spots in the draft, which, in turn, could be taking a player that the New England Patriots won, and this is what we talk about all the time when it comes to trading in division. Now the Jets and Packers aren't in the same division, but when we talk about trading in division, you see teams trying to screw over a division rival. Like we talk about the the Dallas Cowboys trading back with the Philadelphia Eagles back in 2021, so the Eagles could jump the Giants and take Devontae Smith. the Giants had to trade back and took a Darius Tony's no longer on the roster. Good player, but it's, it's not on the roster anymore. This situation is somewhat similar in the fact that yes, again, the Packers and Jets are not in the same division. But the Jets are allowing the Packers to take a player that the Patriots could be targeting with the 14th overall pick. There's a real chance the Packers can get the guy that the Patriots wanted at 13, or wanted at 14, they're going to get at 13. it would be a a big brain move by the Green Bay Packers. We'll talk about what player that could be here in a little bit. But to say one team fleeced the other, I don't know if I could say that. I do think this is a little bit more than what current age Aaron Rodgers is worth. Like, as a Bills fan, am I going to be sitting here and shaking in in my boots, shivering in me timbers over this move? Part of me, yes. I don't want to make it sound like I'm not fearful of the Jets because I could sit here and go like, oh, this move did not make the Jets Super Bowl. I don't think it did. I think the people that are saying the New York Jets are the best team in the AFC are ridiculous at this point. I like the Jets. I like a lot of the players they have. I think they drafted extremely well last year. But again, you got a guy who's coming off one of the worst years of his career who was 90% retired. 90%. He ain't like 10% retired. No, he was the opposite. He 90% retired. He was ready to give up on the game of football, and this has been something that's been going on for years now. It's been like three or four years in the making. Rodgers and the GM of the Packers have not gotten along or seen eye-to-eye recently at all. So one hand, you could go like, oh yeah, the Jets won this trade because they got the best player. That's what a lot of people look at it here. But then you can also say the Packers won this trade because they got rid of a guy who didn't want to be there anymore and managed to get two first round pick, really one first round pick out of the deal and potentially jumped a team that could be taking a player that they want in the draft. Like, do I think Rogers going to be there long-term? No, I don't don't think he's going to be there long-term. Again, dude was 90% retired. I don't really think, I have a hard time believing that this is going to be like a three-year extension or three-year contract thing going to the New York Jets and he's going to be there forever. I don't really see that being the case. Now, he is following the exact same path as the guy he replaced in Green Bay and Brett Favre going to the New York Jets when he's 39 years old. And they got a better deal for Rodgers than the Packers than they did for Favre. Because the Jets are a little bit more desperate this time around because they have a team that they're like, well, I guess back then they had a really good team. But offensively, they got some really talented players. They didn't have a quarterback. They were ready to have, like, hey, we need this guy to develop a little bit. They didn't have that. So Favre was like a last-ditch retreat, so they were like, here, just take a, what was it, a conditional fourth-round pick or something like that? It's nothing crazy. And Favre was coming off a 13-3 and year. Going to the NFC Championship game. They lost to the Giants. It's coming off a pretty... And it was weird. You look at their numbers from their last years in Green Bay. They are eerily similar. Eerily similar. So, like, does this move make the Jets... this propel the Jets to being an upper echelon team? I mean, in some circles it could. I think the Jets will be a fine team. But the problem is, I don't think they're even better than the Dolphins right now. They could... I'm sitting here right now on April 25th. So... Things can change over time. My opinion about this whole situation can change over time. And the Bills lost to the Jets last year. Okay, I don't want that to be something that I'm sitting back and like, oh, I'm super confident the Bills going to the season. No, the Bills lost to Zach Wilson last year. They beat Brett, F- or they beat Aaron Rodgers last year. They lost to Zach Wilson. And the second time they played them, they didn't play great in that game either. But that one I'm going to chalk up to poor weather in that game. That game was not very fun to watch. Like 20-12 was the final it was not. I never really felt like the Jets were actually contending with the Bills in that game. Like they made the scoreline a little bit more. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, closer than what it probably should have been. But it wasn't like it wasn't a blowout on the Bills' part, and it wasn't a close game either. It was just a very odd, gross football game to watch. But all in all, is Roger is Rogers an upgrade on Zach Wilson? Of course he is. Of course he is. But I'm not sitting here, like if this was 10 years ago or 5 years ago, I'd be a little bit more nervous than I am right now. And I brought this up before about, when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs last year, look at what the AFC, East, AFC West did last year. You look at the Chargers, they traded for Cleo Mack. They brought in J.C. Jackson. You look at the Las Vegas Raiders, they traded for Devontae Adams. They brought in Chandler Jones. Rocky Yasin came over from the Indianapolis Colts. They got the Denver Broncos making a huge splash to get Russell Wilson in the door. And they got a new head coach as well, because remember last year, the Broncos were a head coach and quarterback away from being a dominant team in the NFL. And what did the Chiefs do? They traded Tyreek Hill, brought in Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and then what happened after that? People were like, oh man, maybe the Chiefs are, you know, maybe it's time they're, they're done. The reign of terror is over in the AFC West. Look at the Chargers, they got Justin Herbert, look at the Broncos, they just traded for Russell Wilson, Raiders just got Devontae Adams, it was like an arms race in the AFC West. And yet the Chiefs, like they had done in previous years, came still came out on top in the division. And there were times where the Chargers should have probably beaten the Chiefs last year, the first game especially. Justin Herbert threw the, what, 101-yard pick six last year, 99-yard pick six. The Chargers realistically should have won that game in Arrowhead last year. But the Chiefs still won the division. I've heard the same thing going over the New England Patriots for years in the division. Oh, the Patriots, this is the year the Patriots are going to be bad. Not only do the Patriots win the division, they go on to win a freaking Super Bowl. Now, I don't want to sit here and act like, I think the Bills are going to win a Super Bowl. I'm not going to sit... I'm less confident on the Bills winning a Super Bowl this year than I was at this point last year. I'm way less confident going into this year than I was last year. But they could still be done. But do I think the Bills and Jets... Do I think the Jets passed up the Bills and or the Dolphins in the division? We'll see. We'll see. Because if you're grading quarterbacks last year, was Aaron Rodgers last year better for most people out there? And this could divide opinions out there. He wasn't better than Josh Allen last year. I think everybody knows that. But was he better than Tua last year? When Tua was healthy, were Aaron Rodgers and Tua... Like, normally... And we're just talking about, like, who's the better quarterback. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is better than Tua. But we're statistic like, last year, was Aaron Rodgers better than Tua last year? That's the question we're going to ask ourselves. Like, Aaron Rodgers is definitely top two quarterback in the division. Or not te- definitely, but he's in the top three. Mac Jones is last. Sorry, Mac. Someone had to come in last. But, like, I see all these people, like, talking about the Jets being this division, this great team now, and none of them are really convincing me that the Jets and the Bills, or the Jets have passed up the Buffalo Bills, or again even the Miami Dolphins, in this whole game of arms races for the AFC's AFC's crown. Everybody's like, "Oh, the Bills are gonna win the AFC," it's like they have that's their only thing they can lay their head on losing the playoffs again. So they don't—they're not worse than any of these teams in the division. They had the best quarterback in the division. You can make an argument, they have the best receiver in the division. They have the maybe have the best defense in the division. Maybe not anymore. Maybe you could say the Jets or Dolphins do. But looking at what some people see, like Adam Schein, I like a lot of things Adam Schein said. I, li- I like a lot of things Adam Schein has done. We did it a bunch of explanation points. J- Jets officially top four NFL team. Top four. Top four NFL team? We traded for a four-time MVP in his prime. That's what he said. Aaron Rodgers is not in his prime. He's 39 years old. He is not in his prime. I'm sorry. Yeah, did he win two MVPs back-to-back a few years ago? Yeah. But not last year. Not last year. And he's going with a group of young receivers then. Good running game. Decent enough off the line. He's back with Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, he's not in his prime. He's not in his prime. And I saw, who was it, Damian Woody was also on there as well, I think. Who else said something? I think it was Damian Woody. I got to try and find him what he said on Twitter. Cause I, yeah, the people want to say Bills Maupi are still the favorites in the MVCs, give me your best argument for why that is. Better QB, better overall, better team overall, et cetera. Jets going to be the first te- first season with AR, going to take a time for him to gel. Did we watch the Bill same Bills-Jets games from last year? Well, did you watch the Bills-Packers game from last year? Because the Jets and Packers were not too dissimilar last year. Like neither one of them made the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers did not play particularly well last year. Packers had a few injuries on defense, and they had a young receiving core, exactly what the Jets had, a young receiving core. Maybe not the same amount of injuries on defense. But I was looking at all these things on Twitter and I was like, okay, this is nothing here is really scaring me as maybe as much as it should, maybe it should be scaring me a little bit more than what I'm giving it credit for. So I got to go out and find what else, uh, what else he said, because there were a lot of people responding to him, assuming what the jets gave up. They are getting more than one year at Aaron Rodgers, right? Jets. That's the problem. <laughs> that was my whole thing with the training for first round picks. That's the problem. You don't know if you're getting a more than one year. I see a big d- like that is the same. The next tweet right after that. Where where is the Bills Mafia thing? I gotta find out the, the who responded to it. On Twitter, did he delete the tweet? Because I'm not finding it anywhere. Did he delete the tweet? The Je- oh, there it is. There it is. Josh Allen is better than Aaron Rodgers. Stefan Diggs is better than Garrett Wilson. If I have to continue, continue, I'll ask, where's the advantage of the Jets beside running back Brees if he's healthy? And he all he said was, you sure about that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're confident that Josh Allen is better than Aaron Rodgers at this current point in time. As we said a couple weeks ago, the top three quarterbacks in the NFL are pretty much undisputed at this point. If you argue, argue otherwise, you don't know Paul. <laughs> essentially. Yes, I'm very sure. Aaron had a very subpar last season. Three variables are key. Jets may not even uh, be better than Miami. Said that. Uh, they currently own the longest playoff drought in major sports, worst media market for athletes. For one year, you better win it all. And then he said, if you think it's going to be one year, then you're playing yourself. LOL. I, dude was 90% retired. <laughs> 90% retired. Because until proven otherwise, we still are. That's, again, that's a Bills fan saying, I'm not sure you're right now. I'm not so sure right now. Well, you're not proven otherwise. That's what you said when you came to the patch when the Bills were moving up the division. You said they had to beat the team first. Yeah. He got ratioed twice on that. It's funny how you sports media people change your tone when it gets against the Bills. Better QB, better overall team, etc. There we go. Do we watch the same Bills Jets game? You really want to analyze a whole team based on run, regular season game. How about two? Jets Huggley had a worse QB situation in the NFL. Y'all split. Y'all barely beat them at your place. When Josh went to a slump, things happened. And he hurt his elbow as well, tore up his elbow. Shiver me timbers, I'm so scared, especially when eight, it takes eight years for him to get on the same page with new receivers, he doesn't like young ones either. Now, he's got Alan Lazard there. You sure he's better than Roger? Yeah, Every he got ratioed again. Yeah, He everybody knows he's better than Aaron Rodgers at this point in time. No one rated 100% he's better than A-Rod right now. Yeah, ratioed. <laughs> Catch this ratio, Damon. Yeah, there's not one thing really, other than running back, that you can say the Jets are the best in the division. Quarterback, Bills are better. Receivers, Dolphins, because they have Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. Tight ends? Patriots? Cause they what, they just got Mike Gusecki and they have Hunter Henry still there? Offensive line? <laughs> It's not I don't really know who has the best offensive line this Probably Dolphins. I and mean, they brought in Taron Armstead off last offseason. You'd probably say them. I have no idea. Then you've got. Yeah, offensively, only Bree- I would give the running back to Breeze. Defensively, secondary's the Bills. I and mean, you got Trey White, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. I think that kind of speaks for itself. Linebackers. I don't know. We'll give the defense a line to the Jets. I'll give the D line to the Jets. Linebackers. you going to say secondary Dolphins. I'm not even going to be too bi- insanely biased about that because I know Xavier Howard's really good. Javon Holland's really good. Linebacker's probably Dolphins. Coaching staff? I mean, got Patriots, Bills, Dolphins. Are all those better than the Jets, coaching staff wise? So I don't know. I don't know. I get it's exciting. I get it's exciting. It's a big time move. It's a big time move. So. Yeah, I think the Bills will still win the division. They're still going to win the division. And the Jets, they'll maybe make the playoffs. Because remember, the Broncos were a quarterback away. And I understand Aaron Rodgers is better than Russell Wilson. But everybody loved Russell Wilson. Everybody loved Russell Wilson. That this was the big-time move to put the Broncos over the edge. With Nathaniel Hackett. With Nathaniel Hackett. Who had a terrible, terrible, terrible offense last year now uh that being said the draft is coming up thursday The draft is here and i don't know if we're gonna have a show on friday depends on how long the draft goes drafts a very long process <laughs> it's a very long evening so i don't know if we're gonna have a show or not on friday we'll attempt to have a show on friday but we'll wait and see we'll wait and see so there's gonna be a lot of rumors going around each pick and i'm not gonna do a mock draft right now we're going to release the mock draft sometime either tomorrow or Thursday. It's We're just going to play it out. I'm probably going to finish it up tonight, but we're not going to go over the mock draft right now. What we're going to do instead of doing a mock draft is trying to just figure out what players each team could select, if a team could trade up, and do all that kind of stuff. So we're going to play play the wager game, I guess. We're not going to go, well, we could go, this player's going to go here. This player's going to go, we could end up doing that. And it could go down to, like, who out of these four players will go to this pick and we'll decide. But, uh, yeah, so with the first pick, the, the Carolina Panthers, it seems like Bryce Young. But what happened today was pretty interesting because apparently a guy on Reddit went up and said, Will Levis is currently plus 4,000 odds be the first overall pick. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's telling family, friends and family, telling friends and family, Carolina will in fact take him on Thursday. You're welcome. You want to know what that did to his freaking draft stock? He went from plus 4,000 to plus 400 plus 400. He is like right behind Bryce. Young. He's 10 to one odds to go first overall. And this is all from a Reddit post. Who we don't even know. Pluto TV official. Our sports book by sale agreeable 2834. I who the hell knows if that's true or not? The favorite to go first overall is Bryce Young. But the thing is, we've talked about Will Levis going first overall, and that it wouldn't surprise me if he did. I have said I wouldn't draft Will Levis overall if I was the Carolina Panthers, because it seemed like they were going CJ Stroud for a little bit. And now it seems like, oh, they're going Bryce Young. It, when it announced Bryce Young was pretty much going number one overall, my mindset was if I'm the Carolina Panthers, I'm either taking Richardson or Bryce Young. I think Richardson's got the highest ceiling in this draft. I think he's the most skilled quarterback in this draft from potential wise. Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft right now, though. So that's your whole thing. Fitterner, Fitterer, who's the GM of the Carolina Panthers, was there in Seattle when the Seahawks drafted Russell Wilson. He has talked about the size things about how Russell Wilson gained weight when he got to the NFL. Things happen all the time. They got nutritionists and stuff like that. Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson went to another Super Bowl. What we know about Russell Wilson now, like back then, people were talking about this guy as an amazing quarterback. Now people are starting to call it fraud watch or something like that. I've seen people on social media talk about if he's really the reason that the Seahawks won their Super Bowl, which at that point in time, the Seahawks' defense, the Legion of Boom, was the main reason. But Russell Wilson was seen as like, oh, why can't this guy get any love from the like the NFL writers and stuff like that? Why can't he get MVP votes and stuff like that? This dude's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And now we're like, man, he sucked in Denver. Was he really that good in Seattle? Or are we just like trying to remember things differently now? I it's a weird time. But he was in Seattle when Russell Wilson was there. And whatever your opinion about Russell Wilson is now, the fact of the matter is back then he was very good. <laughs> And Bryce Young, though small, is the most talented in regards to running, throwing on the run, ad-libbing ability, and what people are concerned about with his size, he's very smart when it comes to taking hits. Bryce Young does not try to run people over. He goes down when he needs to. He has avoided big hits throughout his career. Like, Bryce Young, I'm going to pull the Doug Flutie quote on you. He's only been this size. He's never been any taller than what he is right now. Maybe he's got some late bloomer growth spurt thing going on right now, and they'll shoot up to 6'3. But right now, Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft class. So if I'm the Panthers, I'm taking Bryce Young. But remember, we talked about during the season David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, has had an affiliate or has had an affection towards Will Levis. This has been reported back in the season that he really likes Will Levis. And sometimes when it comes to the NFL draft, it's the first thing you hear. That's sometimes the most important thing here. The first thing you hear when it comes to the draft usually is the right thing. Usually. I'm not saying it happens every time because right now, again, we're getting to the point in time in the draft where things are going to start flowing like freaking crazy and we have no idea what's real and what's not. What's coming out in the media is what a lot of teams just want you to hear. No one knows if it's actually true or not. Like, the stuff around Will Levis, he could go first overall. He could also go 12th overall. Like, there's a lot of different variables that could take place in regards to Will Levis' draft stock because he's a very polarizing prospect to the media. But as as we've known throughout NFL circles, teams like this guy. They really like Will Levis. This is not new news. This is stuff that has been reported on for months that the NFL and teams really like Will Levis. Regardless of what you think, regardless of what you watched last year, because believe me, I watched the same thing. I missed QB4. But I can see where teams look at it and go, okay, we can build something there. He does have the physical tools to be a good quarterback in the NFL. And again, like we've talked about before, if you're taking a guy that is a more toolsy guy rather than the guy that put up actual production in college, you have to have exactly 100% faith in your coaching staff. You have to have faith in... And Frank Reich, Josh McCown, and whoever the hell they've got else they got in Carolina because you ain't got no receivers. So you're going to have to believe in your coaching staff. You got Miles Sanders in this offseason. I think they got Hayden Hurston as well. So if you draft Will Levis, that means you believe in your coaching staff. And the owner wants a guy. If the owner is desperate for a new quarterback, which is something that he has been very vocal about then I wouldn't be surprised if David Tepper pulled the trigger and drafted Will Levis. Because remember, Frank Reich likes Will Anthony Richardson. Apparently the Panthers really like Bryce Young, who's the favorite to go first overall. If I was deciding between Bryce Young and Will Levis, I would take Bryce Young at this point in time. Would it surprise me if Will Levis became better in the NFL? No. Would it surprise me if Bryce Young became the better? Less so. <laughs> I think Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft class. I don't really have any reservations about his size. I think having a quarterback like Andy Dalton, I think Bryce Young would start week one. I think having a guy like Andy Dalton there would be key for Bryce Young's development. Have him sit behind Andy Dalton in preseason and before giving him the reins before week one starts. I think it'd be great for Bryce Young. Because remember, Frank Reich's never coached a quarterback below six foot two, And Will Levis is comparable, skill set-wise, and someone who gets compared to quite a bit in regards to where people view his ceiling is that of Carson Wentz, who's someone that Frank Reich has coached not once, but twice. Once in Philly, where he was an MVP candidate, and then Indianapolis, where he was not. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. So would Will Levis going first overall surprise me? No, it wouldn't, because we've talked about this before. This is something we've talked about for months. David Tepper likes Will Levis. This is going off reports that I've seen months ago. This isn't something that I've been reading up recently because we talked about it on Colin company show a few weeks ago. We've talked about it on this show. I've said what I would do if I'm the Panthers, but the thing is I'm not the Carolina Panthers and I am absolutely ready for Carolina fans and for NFL fans and just people on Twitter blowing up everywhere Calling the Carolina Panthers the biggest dummies, biggest idiots in the draft for passing on Young, for passing on Stroud, and taking a guy like Will Levis. I am 100% ready for that. Because remember, a few weeks ago, we read through the Bills draft when they took Josh Allen, and people absolutely slated it in the comments. And then people will start coming around to it, it like, oh man, you're an idiot. Like, people now, can you believe? Like, I've sat here and talked about it on the show. Like, in hindsight, it's a beautiful thing. Could you imagine that the New York Jets took Sam Darnold over Josh Allen? Can you believe that? That's absolutely ridiculous. But back then, that wasn't seen as a crazy thing. Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold, that was seen as a crazy thing, and Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback than Sam Darnold in the NFL. Sam Darnold's about to be a third-string quarterback in San Fran, depending on if they trade Trey Lance or not, which I think could very well happen. Now, it would going to have to be a lot less than what they're currently asking for, but that could happen. But as of right now, it seems like Bryce Young's going to be the first overall pick. I think it's funny things took off this fast from a Reddit post. A Reddit post. So I don't know how, how real this line is, because the thing is, I could go on Reddit and say Anthony Richardson is talking to family and friends, saying that he's going to be the first overall pick, so, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? I I know, from what I've gathered, if Levis goes one, Bryce Young will go two. If Bryce Young goes one, I don't know who's going to go two. That's all I'm well aware of at this point in time. Because the only quarterback seemingly the Houston Texans like is Bryce Young. So, if he goes one, they're going to go, seems defender. Which is going to be a hot-button issue, too. Because the Houston Texans are picking second again. This is going to be talked about a lot because no one knows what the Texans are going to do. We brought this up a few weeks ago, about there were some wrinkles going or inklings going around that they like Will Anderson. They gave him a quote unquote perfect draft score that they're not sold on the other quarterbacks in this draft class. Now, Will Levis is the odds on favorite to go second overall. Like this is shot up like freaking crazy. So I don't know. I really don't know because yeah, a few weeks ago, they said they gave Will Anderson a perfect draft score. That they're enamored with Will Anderson. They love Will Anderson. They're not sold on the other quarterbacks. Now, two days before the draft, we're talking about, oh, they're leaning towards Tyree Wilson. Well, if they gave Will Anderson a, a perfect draft score, why are they leaning towards Tyree Wilson? And I understand completely where you can come from with the Tyree Wilson love. Because we said this back in the off, back in college football season, before the bowl season started. Tyree Wilson is this year's Trayvon Walker. We said that back in December, and we're saying it now in April, two days before the draft. Athletic freak who did not put up the same production as someone else did, but you can see the traits, and you think you can develop him into into something. Like, is he better production-wise, and was he better in college than Will Anderson? No. Will Anderson was a freaking Heisman candidate. Will Anderson led the nation in sacks two years ago. But for whatever reason, Will Anderson is not seen as a can't-miss prospect by a lot of people. And they feel like a guy like Tyree Wilson, giving his traits and attributes, could be a guy that could be truly special at the next level. So would the Texans go with one of those two? Because it doesn't seem like they're going Stroud. It doesn't really seem like they're going Levis. I mean, I could be wrong, but maybe the odds are not for the Texans picking Levis. I've seen stuff with the Minnesota Vikings trading up to number two. I don't see that happening, but I could be completely wrong about that. From what I can tell, this is going to be one of the more unpredictable drafts in recent history. So anything would, nothing would surprise me at this point. So this is a Bleacher Report tweet. said, who will go number two? And it's got Tyree Wilson, Will Levis, Willie Anderson, and CJ Stroud. So I have no freaking idea. If I had to guess... At this point in time, I understand people are talking about they they really think Tyree Wilson can go before him. I think the connection with Alabama, with D'Amico Ryans and Nick Saban would push Will Anderson to the top, but I'm not confident in saying that. Like, if I had to guess right now, I would say it goes Bryce Young 1, Will Anderson 2. I, I'm not sitting here confidently saying that. That's just what my gut is telling me around this whole situation. Because of the connections. And if you're wanting a culture changer, I think Will Anderson would be that guy coming from Nick Saban. That's just what my gut is telling me. I'm not saying that's right and you should listen to that, but man. Like this guy on Twitter said Will Levis. This guy said Will Anderson or Tyree. If Bryce is gone, Anderson. Don't mind, don't make it difficult, Texans. A player from football powerhouse Rutgers. Cool. Eli Manning. I don't know, but Stroud going three to Vegas. CJ Stroud. DTR. Will Anderson. I'd rather have Anthony Richardson than Will Levis. Will go in first. Will Levis. Give me Stroud. Stroud, cuh. Sally Mitchell. This is an old granny with the sauciest sports take on the platform. Give me Stroud, cuh. It's like Paul Walker saying that in Fast and Furious. I said forget about it, cuh. They got Tyree Wilson. Wilson don't agree, but Bryce Young. Don't believe the draft type rumor. C.J. Stroud should be taken with the number one overall pick in the draft, let alone number two. The Texans are the ones who leaked the rumor they aren't drafting C.J. Stroud for a reason. Why? They are fishing for a third third first-round pick. Four teams. Who's the left guy? That's cool. Why are you responding to that if you don't? Stetson Bennett, I think. Tyre Wilson. Think of him like Trayvon Walker. Tyrese Wilson. So we had three different answers. No one knows. So, yeah, I have no idea... What is going on with the second overall pick? No idea, no idea. I think the first overall pick is seemingly between three people—between Young, Levis, and Richardson. Second overall pick is between Levis, Wilson, and Anderson. From what I can tell, I have no idea. Maybe they want to draft Stroud. Who the hell knows? Like I saw the S two cognitive, jeez, cognitive, cognitive test scores. And C.J. Stroud got an 18%. Do I believe that's 100% true? No. I think that's leaked by someone else trying to get Stroud to fall down in the draft. Because no one else scores less than 28%. Duke got an 18. I don't think that's a real score or not. I I refuse to believe that was what what C.J. Stroud really got. Because you got, like, Bryce Hill got a 98, I think uh, Jake Hayner got a 96, Will Levis got a 93, Anthony Richardson got a 79, apparently 80s where you're supposed to be, and then CJ Strong gets an 18. I, I just refuse to believe that was the case. Again, I could be completely wrong about that, maybe that's 100% accurate, but we're in a time and place where lying gets you players you want, and I, I have no idea. I think Stroud's the second-best quarterback in the draft class. Do I think that cognitive score, cognition test, is that really indicative to CJ Stroud as a prospect? I don't think so. But, hell, people around the league seem to think so. I saw some unnamed – it's always an unnamed scout, unnamed executive. Why don't I just make up sources like that? Like an unnamed coach told me that Will Levis going first overall. Who's going to believe – who's not going to believe that? It seems like we're believing everything on social media these days in regards to the NFL draft. So why the hell? Why can't I can't? Why can't I start something like that? They believe that this unnamed exec or unnamed scout—I can't remember what exactly it was—said he. This is this is a red red flag, essentially. Never seen a player be good that got a low cognitive test score. So I have no idea. I have no idea. Third overall. Seemingly, it's going to be between one of the edge rushers that they're not taking it to or Paris Johnson, the tackle from Ohio State, because apparently teams are trying to trade up to three to not draft a quarterback, but to take Paris Johnson, because a lot of teams apparently per reports are higher on Paris Johnson than the media is. So Paris Johnson realistically could go number two, number three overall. That'd be really funny if it happened. Because Kyler is hurt. Kyler's got torn ACL. Cardinals don't have a great offensive line. They don't have any defensive linemen either. But with a defensive-minded head coach, with a guy that came from Philly, maybe they feel like, oh, he can coach up our D-line to be better. Maybe they feel that way. So, I don't know, but Paris Johnson seems like he could be an option. Oh, Justin Jefferson got his fifth-year option uh, accepted. Joe Burrow got his fifth-year option picked up. But, yeah, it seems like it's going to be between Wilson, Anderson, or Johnson. Or a team trades up for, like, Stroud or something. I think the most likely team, if we're going to talk about a trade-up to three, I think the most likely team's the Raiders. Because we've talked about this with the Titans. Titans have six draft picks this year. I just have a hard time envisioning trading up for a quarterback from 11 to three And leading them out into the season. What are you giving up to move up to number three from 11? What are you giving up? Are you going to give up a player to try and keep some of the picks? Because apparently, again, they've got six picks. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to move up that far when you're so far away from everything. I understand they want a quarterback. Apparently they've lost all faith in Malik Willis, which is sad, but whatever. I don't like the Titans anyways. I want Malik Willis to go somewhere else. Hopefully the Lions. They liked him coming out of the draft, so maybe they trade for him. But I don't. I just don't see that. I could be completely wrong about the Titans trading up, but I think the most likely team is the Raiders. And I'm not even convinced that the Raiders are going to take a quarterback. So I have no idea. I'm going to keep saying that because I have no idea. I don't want this to be a show that, like, oh, this is that. Oh, here we go. As of right now, I think Tyree Wilson is going to the Texans with that number two overall pick. That's Peter Schrager. So if Tyree Wilson goes two, does that open the door for Paris Johnson to go three? Because apparently the Cardinals like, or Will Anderson, but how the hell am I supposed to know if they like him or not? Jeez, I have no idea anymore. I think uh, connections-wise, Will Anderson makes sense, but I understand why people like Tyree Wilson, because I like Tyree Wilson too. Fourth overall, Colts, it seems like if he's available, it's going to be Levis. That's what it seems like. I've kind of burnt the bridge with every other player I could think of at number four. It just seems like it's going to be Levis. Could be wrong. But I think Levis will go fourth. I think Richardson working out with Gardner Minshew could be important. I think C.J. Stroud having a good offseason workout is important, but sounds like they like Levis. As much as you want to believe that, that's as much I believe it. So I'm going to take Levis. Fifth overall, Seahawks. Sounds like they like Jalen Carter. I think it's going to be one of the – edge, like, it's going to be Carter or Anderson or Wilson. If one of those guys falls, let's say hypothetically – It goes Bryce Young 1, Wilson 2, Paris Johnson 3, Levis 4, and then we've got a situation at 5. Do you take Carter or you take Anderson? Or if Anderson goes 2, then do you take Tyree Wilson at 5? They need to improve their defensive line. All three of those guys would help. It sounds like Carter's not going to get past Seattle, but who knows. And the other person in there is Anthony Richardson, who, remember, at the Combine... Anthony Richardson said he had a very good meeting with Pete Carroll. He had the best rapport with Pete Carroll. So, Anthony Richardson, I would not leave that one off the table either. Because, see, uh, Geno Smith signed a three-year extension, really a one-year deal. That's maneuverable after the said one year. So, it would open the door for Anthony Richardson going fifth overall. Potentially. Potentially. Do I hold a lot of weight in that? If if I was making a prediction right now, I'm like 75% sure Jalen Carter is going to be the fifth overall pick. Like, 75% sure. I'm 10% sure that it's going to be Richardson, and then the rest of it is divided between Anderson and Wilson. That's where I'm at right now with that. Sixth overall, I if, again, Anderson or Carter fall, that could be a realistic option there, but I think they're going to go corner. I think Devin Witherspoon fits the mold of what the Lions want on defense. He's not as big as some of the other corners in this draft. Like, you look at Christian Gonzalez, who's going to be the main guy getting talked about there. You look at Joey Porter Jr. You look at Deontay Banks, who are more physically gifted than, Ty- than Devin Witherspoon. But Devin Witherspoon is a physical MF. This dude will hit you. He doesn't have any rapport for his size. He's just going to go out and hit you. I think that will fit with what the Lions want to do when he's elite in man coverage. I think he's the best corner in the draft. I understand why people like Christian Gonzalez a lot. And I think at seven, the Raiders, they like the corners. So if Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez are both available, that would make it interesting. But right now, with if Witherspoon goes number six, then you got Gonzalez going seven. I again, I think there's a chance they trade up to three, but I think they're more in a I don't really want to call, I don't want to say win now mode because I don't think that's what they're in, but more of a trying to win mode, and they need to improve their defense. Jimmy Garoppolo and they is a former Patriot worked with Josh McDaniels, and I think they also signed Brian Hoyer. I think they signed... Did they sign Brian Hoyer? Hold on. Yeah, okay. So they got Brian Hoyer and Jimmy Garoppolo. Two Patriots guys. Two guys who have worked with Josh McDaniels before. And I'm pretty sure Jarrett Stidham's on, like, the Broncos now or something. Yeah, okay. So he's gone, too. So your quarterbacks on the Raiders right now are Garbers, Garoppolo, and Hoyer. Two of the three have worked with McDaniels in New England. And Garoppolo, for as much as you... I mean, like me, I don't really rate him highly. I wouldn't really say he's a franchise guy, but he's only 31 years old. He has an injury history, but that thing with the Patriots, it could work big here. This is the most logical place for him to go, and I think he'd work well there. But I think if you get a guy like C.J. Stroud, I think that fits what the Patriots do in regards to what they want from a quarterback spot. I think C.J. Stroud would fit that. So if he's available or if they trade up, that would be very interesting to see. But right now, I'm leaning more towards corner with the New with the Las Vegas Raiders and Christian Gonzalez be the main guy. And then eight the Falcons, if one of the corners is available, I would imagine they take a corner. If one, I would if I if the Lions, let's say, the top six picks or top seven picks go Young, Wilson, Paris Johnson, Levis, Carter, Anderson, and then you got Witherspoon going seven. The Falcons would take Gonzalez. That's how I would think. They traded for Jeff Okuda, but they just released Casey Hayward. They need to get in better on the defensive side of the ball. The thing is, though, when you look at Terry Fontenot, as when he's been the GM of the Falcons, they've had a need on defense for years. This isn't something that's just been spur of the moment. Like, oh, now the defense just got bad. The Falcons' defense has been bad for years now, and they've just refused to fix it with top high with high value draft picks. They've had this will be their third year in a row with a top ten pick. It might have been four. I can't remember if you... What was that one? So we had... Last year, 2022 was Drake London. 2021 was Pitts. 2020? No, that was Chris... uh, No, no, it wasn't Chris Lindstrom. That was 2019. Who was 2020? AJ Terrell. That was not a top 10 pick. They talked about trading in the top 10. They got a corner in 2020. But that wasn't Fontenot. Since Fontenot and Arthur Smith had been there, which is now going on... Jeez, I hit my microphone on accident. Which is now going on three years... The Falcons have used premium draft picks on making the offense better. You got playmakers like Drake London from USC. You got Kyle Pitts. Did the team need a tight end at that time? No. Wide receiver, you could say it was a little bit more of a need at that point because that like the number one receiver was like, like Zacchaeus or something. I can't remember if he was their number one guy or was coming in because they lost crap. The guy that went to the Buccaneers, Russell Gage, they lost him to the Buc- the Bucks. Julio Jones left to the Titans, so they had really nobody. Last year, Julio Jones on the Titans two years ago, but they had nobody there essentially. Calvin really got suspended for a year, so they needed somebody on the outside. Drake London played well in spurts this past season. Kyle Pitts got hurt. If they can utilize, figure out how to use Kyle Pitts, it'd be very fun to see what they can do. He's got one touchdown his rookie year, and he had over a thousand yards. He might. He's I, did he score last year? Cause if he hasn't scored last year. All of his touchdowns have come from overseas. He scored that one touchdown his rookie year in London, and I don't even know if he scored last year. He got hurt. And then I don't know what he did prior to that, before that. This year, they're linked with B. John Robinson. When you look at what Arthur Smith does on offense, running back is key. He came from Tennessee, had Derrick Henry there. I like Tyler Allgaier, got over 1,000 yards rushing. Cordero Patterson's fine, but you can upgrade on those. If you look at the positive traits from both Allgaier and Patterson, you get something like B. John Robinson. Like bigger dude, he's not massive, but a bigger dude, super fast, great out of the backfield catching the ball. I think that would help take a lot of pressure off Desmond Ritter. If you're wanna want him if you want to see what he is, getting a guy like B. John Robinson would be big. And it might be a little bit of an overdraft because the running back position has been so devalued in recent years. But he's one of the best players in the draft. And he is considered that I hate this phrase so much, but one of those quote unquote gold jacket guys. The potential's through the roof. His ability in the backfield as a running back and his ability outside the backfield as a receiver are second to none. And he would definitely help improve the offense and definitely give them a guy that Arthur Smith would, def- would like to turn to. I've toyed with the idea of Bijan Robinson going to the Atlanta before because of the fact that Cordero Patterson is on the wrong side of 30. And Tyler Algar, though, fine, you can upgrade. I, I feel bad for saying that because he rushed for over 1,000 yards last year, but Bijan Robinson's better than Tyler Algar. Tyler Algar. I kind of think of it as a situation like like Trey Mason, when he was with the Rams, he didn't rush for over 1,000, but Trey Mason had good moments his rookie year in St. Louis. And yes, I said St. Louis on purpose because that's where he was. But they still drafted Todd Gurley 10th overall. Because as good or what you'd like to think Trey Mason was, Todd Gurley is an upgrade. And I feel bad for Tyler Algar getting over 1,000 yards and maybe being replaced. But if you can get a guy that's better, you go and take them. I think Nolan Smith's an option as well. So I would say, like, my top three players for the Falcons here are, like, Gonzalez, Robinson, and Smith, in no real order. I think a guy like Lucas Van Ness from Iowa would be big here because of the fact they just got – they brought in Kalias Campbell. That length is there. Maybe they want to go that, more that direction. I think uh, Lucas Van Ness could learn under Kalias Campbell, take over that spot eventually. We'll see how that would go, but I think those would be the top three players. In no real order. No real order. I th- Well, yeah, I guess in that order. I, if Gonzalez is gone, they'll take Robinson. But I'm like 60-40 Robinson, Nolan Smith, if Gonzalez is gone. Number nine, the Bears. Sounds like Paris Johnson's their guy. Sounds like Paris Johnson's their guy. But as we said with the number three pick, there's a chance that he's off the board before the Bears even have a chance to figure out who they're going to take. There's a chance he goes off the board third overall. A chance. I'm not saying it's like nailed on, but there's a chance that happens. But it seems like he's their guy. And I think... If Paris Johnson is gone, that makes that pick a little bit more interesting because there's going to be that odd chance that Jalen Carter falls to them. Do I think that's likely? Not really. I've never really had the idea of him falling out of the top six. And that was a report that came out the other day from Peter Schrager, but we've never had a really idea of him falling past six. I think there's a chance, but I it's very small. I think there's like a 5% chance, 10% chance that happens, that he falls past the Lions. Because the Lions and the Seahawks both could use players like that. It may not be the number one need on their roster, especially for the Lions, but you have to admit that that would be a good pickup for them. So I have a hard time feeling like he'd fall past the Lions at six. So if Paris Johnson's gone, Carter's gone, you're looking prob like Skoronsky makes a lot of sense because you have that connection with Northwestern. I'm sure they've been in... Pat Fitzgerald's ear asking him all about Peter Skronsky. I know people view him as a guard. I think he'd be fine as a tackle. He might have, quote-unquote, T-Rex arms, but I think this dude would be fine. Any of the tackles of Paris Johnson off the board makes sense. I've seen they've done a lot of work on Darnell Wright, the tackle from Tennessee. Project Jones got a very high ceiling. Might have the highest ceiling out of all the tackles in this draft. He's just very raw. So we'll see. We'll see what direction they go by. It looks like they're going tackle, but maybe Lucas Van Ness is like a hybrid pick there. Maybe Bijan Robinson's a hybrid pick because they did just lose David Montgomery in a free agency. So right now, I think the Bears' only option of running back is Travis Homer. So we're looking at possible possible Bijan Robinson going to Chicago? Is that something that could happen? I think so. Like, I, I got to pull up the Bears' current roster because I think it's just Travis Homer. They just signed him from Seattle. They might have someone else they can for forgetting about. Hold on. Okay, so it's Treston Ebner, they brought Dante Foreman in, They're from Carolina, Khalil Herbert and Travis Homer. Those are their running backs right now. So B. Robinson, I think could make a lot of sense there. So if he goes past Atlanta, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. If Paris Johnson's gone, and so is uh if uh so okay. <laughs> I gotta figure out how I want to word this. Top five or top eight picks. Young, Wilson, Johnson, Levis, Carter, Anderson, Witherspoon, Gonzalez. That opens the door for Bijan Robinson. That's how I, that's be interesting. It'd be pretty crazy if that did happen. I don't know how Bears fans would react to that. I don't know how they'd react to that. I think it'd be positive ish reaction because it's not like you don't need him. And he's a very, very good player. But I could see where people get upset because of the value there. Because you look at the day, the value of today's running backs, it's not as high. You're not looking at guys like the Danian Tomlinson be a top five pick. You're not thinking about taking a guy like Kajana Carter first overall. You're not doing that. It's like Bezon Robinson is a pretty much unanimous top five player, but is he a top five pick? Who the hell knows? Then you got number 10, the Eagles. I like Nolan Smith here. I think Nolan Smith makes a lot of sense for the Eagles. I know B. John Robinson makes sense here for the Eagles as well, given what their offense looks like. They lost Miles Sanders. They brought in Rashad Penny. But the Eagles don't traditionally draft running backs. That high. I don't think they've drafted a running back the first time since 86. I could be wrong about that. I looked that up today, but I, I might have the year wrong. But I think it was like 86. They don't do that. They And when Howie Roseman, since he's been the GM, they have prioritized getting better along the edges and on the, off the defensive line. Trenches are key. Trench warfare is key for Philadelphia, and Nolan Smith might not be your, you know, no like normal four three DN, but he'd sit behind Hassan Redick. He's a clone of Hassan Reddick in a sense. Like Hassan Reddick, when he got drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, he was more seen as an inline linebacker. He wasn't really seen as his edge rusher. He was seen as the potential. Like same with Mike Micah Parsons. He wasn't seen as that, and now we're seeing these guys ball. Like Hassan Reddick got more first place Defensive Player of the Year votes than Micah Parsons. Which is not well that was not on my bingo card going into the season. That is not what I expected. But Hassan Reddick and Nolan Smith would be very I think Lucas Van Ness would be big because I think the fact that he can play both as a 4 3 D end and as a three tech, which is a position they lost this offseason, with Javon Hargrave going to San Francisco, that would open the door for that. I've seen stuff today and yesterday about them getting a late push for Jackson Smith and Jigba. So you'd have a receiving core of AJ Brown. Vontae Smith and Jackson Smith the Jigba. Do I think that's going to happen? No, but it's worth talking about. It's worth noting. I think off the Lions' big thing here. Lane Johnson's getting older. Jason Kelsey's getting older. Uh, Isaac Smello went to the Pittsburgh Steelers, so you don't have a guard there. Paris Johnson, this opens the door for that. A guy who has played guard before, you could slot him in at guard and then move him over to tackle once Lane Johnson leaves. Or you draft Peter Skaronski and just have him play guard. Like The Eagles always seem to like having a young player learn under a veteran in every position, mainly in the trenches. Like You look at Derek Barnett, drafted him under Brandon Graham. You look at Jordan Davis, drafting him under the likes of Fletcher Cox and Ver- Vernon Hargraves. Then you look at offense. You look at Landon Dickerson. They first drafted him as a center to learn under Jason Kelsey. They moved him to guard. Then you draft Cam Jurgens to learn under Jason Kelsey. You draft Andre Diller to learn from Jason Peters. Like, they do this all the freaking time. They're always thinking, like, years in advance. Then you look at the quarterback position, drafting Carson, um, not Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts under Carson Wentz. Like, did they need these positions? Were they premium, premium positions for the Eagles at that time? No. But they've worked out long-term for them. Jalen Hurts is better than Carson Wentz ever was. Jalen Hurts, second MVP voting this year. Maybe you could argue Carson Wentz's peak so far has been better than Jalen Hurts' peak, but that was only for one year. Jalen Hurts has looked good the past two years now. I mean, look at the off the line. Landon Dickerson's been very good for the Philadelphia Eagles. Andre Diller just left for Tennessee, but saw I don't want to say saw He wasn't even really a starter. How he got a three-year deal in Tennessee, I don't know. But he's got the talent there. But it's worked out well for them. So... Maybe that's the route they go. But I think Nolan Smith would be the number one guy there. But I th- I can see like Christian Gonzalez being there for a cornerback spot because James Bradbury and Darius Slayer are getting older. So maybe they go in that direction. And then uh, you got the 11th pick, the Titans. Again, I can't really see them trading up super high for a quarterback. I could be wrong, but I just think having that little amount of amount of picks is very scary for a team that's not very good. Maybe they don't want to be good next year. Maybe they don't want to be. Maybe they want a chance to draft either Drake May or Caleb Williams. I think that could be a real option for them, given all the players they've gotten rid of this offseason. So maybe they're not even in play for a quarterback. I think they might be. Tannehill's 35. They're not having faith in Malik Willis. So C.J. Stroud, I think, would make sense there, depending on where he falls, because Peter King said he's not a guaranteed top-four pick, let alone top-ten pick. So maybe we're looking at C.J. Stroud going to Tennessee. Maybe Anthony Richardson goes to Tennessee, but given their development, I don't development history, I don't really want them to draft a quote unquote raw toolsy quarterback. Rather than just go after CJ Stroud. It'd save all of us a lot of headaches. And you could add another element to their offense because they don't have a guy like CJ Stroud. Brian is fine. But I think CJ Stroud could elevate that offense, even though they have zero receivers, so maybe they go with Jackson Smith and Jigba. But off the line is going to be their main issue. I would like to see them go in that direction, but who the hell knows if that's what they're going to do. I would imagine they're going to go after quarterback if they if one falls to them. That's the key. If one falls to them, I would imagine they take them. I don't really have faith in them trading up for one. I, I the amount of picks they have is very minimal. Unless let's put this out there. They trade with the Falcons and trade them Derrick Henry for the 8th pick. Maybe that happens. So, <laughs> who goes? Who knows? Now you got the 12th pick, the the Texans. This all depends who they draft at two. Really, I mean, they could go after a quarterback of one falls. I think Hendon Hooker has been linked with the ten, the Houston Texans here at 12. So if they go Wilson or Anderson at two, then you got Hooker at 12, or Richardson, or Stroud, or Levis. I highly doubt Levis at this point, but you never know. I have no. They could go receiver there. They have no receivers in the roster. They have Brandon Cooks and Noah Brown. That's pretty much it. Or Brandon Cooks, uh, Robert Woods. Brandon Cooks just got traded to the Cowboys. Robert Woods, which is worse. <laughs> I like Robert Woods. Bill's legend. Robert Woods. So, yeah, they could go. I would think they'd go quarterback or receiver there, depending on who's available. 13, the Packers. This sounds like it's for Jack Smith the Jigba. That's, that's what it seems like. And I think that'd be so funny. So funny. If the moment Aaron Rodgers leaves, they go out and draft a receiver in the first round. That would be so funny. Because you look at the Packers' current receiving core right now, it's Christian Watson, it's Romeo Dobbs, and then nobody else. Because remember, Alan Lazard went to the Jets. Rome, or Randall Cobb is going to be 32 in August. And it doesn't look like they're going to re-sign him. Mean, I but imagine he's just going to go to the Jets, follow Aaron Rodgers there. Their receiving core is nothing. Their tight end position is nothing either. But the thing with the tight end spot, this is a deep tight end class. This isn't considered a widely deep receiver class. I think this receiver class will be fine long term. I think there's a lot of really good receivers in this class, but it's not based on years gone by. It's not at that level. It's still a very, it's a really solid class, but it's not like elite, 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 elite class. And tight end, you can get a very good tight end in the second round, even third round. There might be two two to three tight ends going this first round. I don't think the first one goes to the Packers. I think they did this trade with the Jets to jump the Patriots, to draft a guy that they potentially want. Apparently they've done a lot of work with Jackson Smith and Jigba. The Patriots have. So, that would open the door for the Packers to take him at 13. If not him, off to linemen would make sense. They haven't had a lot of consistency from that group in regards to injuries and just overall consistency in recent years. And then edge rusher, Rashawn Gary tore his ACL last year. So, I going to want to get somebody in there for that. And then, uh crap. Preston Smith's getting older. So, I don't know. I think mean, the Packers could do a few things here. But I think it would be really funny to see them draft a receiver. It'd be really funny to see that. You can put him in the slot with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs on the outside. That'd be really fun to see. Patriots at 14. If the Packers take Jack Smith and Jigba, I mean, corner would be an option here. But it looks like it's just going to be an off to lineman at this point. I could be completely wrong about that. I, I keep saying that, but I that's how I feel at this point. I'm not really confident in anything I say about this draft. off to line seems like the most logical move for the New England Patriots. Like, their tackles are getting older, and Bill Belichick... Wants to bring things back a little bit. And one thing that he always does when trying to, quote, bring things back to the good old day is try to get off the line. He tries to build a good off the line. The drafted Cole Strange last year did a little reach on him. So whoever's available, it could be Peter Skaronski from Northwestern. It could be Darryl, Dar- Darnell Wright from Tennessee. It could be Broderick Jones from Georgia. Could be one of those guys. One of those guys will be available. At least one of those guys will be available. So you can upgrade your off the line like that and give Mac Jones some more protection up front. And you got the Jets at 15 with Rodgers. Off the line just seems like the most logical spot. It just seems like the most logical thing. you got a 39-year-old quarterback in. You don't have a ton of faith in Makai Beckton to stay healthy. Might as well move for an off-to-lineman. Apparently, they view Skoronsky as a tackle. So we'll see if they if he's available for them. Or Broderick Jones or Darnell Wright, whoever. They're going to go after a tackle, it feels like. That's kind of been the sense all throughout the offseason. That they're going to have to go after a tackle. Safety could be an option here. They need some help there, but I think it's too early to draft like Brian Branch. Maybe it's not. Maybe I like Brian Branch. His versatility could make him a higher pick, but I don't know. I think it's off the line for the Jets. Then you got 16, the commanders. Corner seems like the most logical move. And from the stuff I've read, it's not gonna be Joey Porter Jr., it's gonna be Deontay Banks. Deontay Banks from Maryland is someone that apparently has been rising up draft boards ever since the Combine. He's done interviews really well. People love his tenacity. And his athleticism is through the roof. He aced the combine. Yeah, Illinois and Maryland cornerbacks or defensive backs aced the combine. Like, he's been rising up, and Joey Porter not running as fast as anywhere near as fast what people expected him to. That's kind of seen him drop down. He's got the length. He's got the size. His football speed's there. His track speed's not, so that was the the issue there. So he's starting to fall down a little bit. But Deontay Banks... He's looked really good this offseason. Maryland kid. He's from Baltimore. So, right down, not in that exact area, obviously, but if they go corner, I think it's Deontay Banks. They like Keely Ringo a lot. Would they be able to reach for Keely Ringo? That remains to be seen if they go after someone like Keely Ringo. If they go for Deontay Banks, then obviously they won't go for Keely Ringo, but there's an option there. You got 17, the Steelers, it looks like tackle. Looks like tackle. And it would be interesting to see how they do it with Joey Porter Jr. being available. But if they pass on him, it's going to be a tackle. I'm fairly confident. Given what they've said early in the offseason, they need to upgrade the offensive line. From what the ownership has said, from what coaching has said, they need to address the offensive line. And I think it'd be Darnell Wright from Tennessee if he's available. So I think he probably will be at this point. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that posi- tackle position for the Steelers. Then he got 18 the Lions. It all depends on who they go at with six. I think it looks like they're going to go corner and D line at whatever pick. Though that seems what it feels. That's what it feels like at this point. Corner and D line or D line corner. So they go with Anderson or Carter or Tyree Wilson at six. They're going to go with a corner at eighteen. If they go with Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez at six, they're going to go the D lineman at eighteen. I think Lucas Van Ness fits their "quote unquote" culture. I think he'd be a similar style player to that of Devin Witherspoon in regards to that Midwest guy. Very tough, physical player. I think the fact he can play three-tech helps too. While also playing as the outside guy. because so the Lions would be looking for a three-tech, but if it's not Van Ness, I would imagine my gut is leaning towards Kalajakansi from Pitt. We've had him going to the Lions before. Apparently a lot of teams really like him. He's going to go a little bit higher than what some teams expect, which we've always thought Kalajakansi was going to go pretty high. I don't think we've had him going lower than 20 since mock draft 1.0, I guess. I could be wrong by... I'm pretty confident we haven't had him falling past Seattle. I'm trying to remember about whatever. You can look that up for yourself on loganblackmichaud.com or on all those different forms of social media we talked about earlier. But I think it's Kansi or Van Ness if they go corner first. Kansi or Van Ness. Maybe they go with a tight end. I mean, they lost. lost. They gave away TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. So maybe the tight end's an option. But I, I think the most logical spot would be either corner or, or D-lineman, depending on what they go with six. Nineteen the Bucks. It looks like offensive linemen. It looks like tackle. They cut Donovan Smith this offseason. Been there for a long time. They got Tristan Wirfs there. If they draft Darnell Wright, they'd probably move Tristan Wirfs to left tackle. But I'm kind of of the mindset if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So why move Tristan Wirfs left tackle if he's dominating at right tackle? So I could see like Broderick Jones. Maybe they want to play Darnell Wright at right ta- or at left tackle. But sneaky pick could be Anton Harrison. We've had him going here before. He's a very young, he's only 21 years old, very athletic, very raw tackle. When you look at a guy like a team from, coming from a team like Oklahoma, they come in very run blocking, raw. There's a lot of rawness in regards to run blocking. So they do a lot of passing at Oklahoma, and teams like Oklahoma. You look at Andre Dillard, we brought him up before, Charles Cross from last year. There's some, going to be some learning curve in regards to the run blocking stuff. But if you can develop him properly, his athleticism, he might be the most athletic tackle in the draft. So him going to Tampa, Bay I think, makes sense. I think if Bijan Robinson falls, maybe they take him there. Quarterback could be a mystery here. They signed Baker, I think, on a one year deal, and they got Kyle Trask there as well. Maybe they take a quarterback. Who knows? Seattle, I think that they could go with a quarterback here. I think Hendon Hooker makes a lot of sense here for Seattle at 20. Apparently he's not making it out of the top 20 picks. So this is 20. With Seattle, I think that he, he, him going here makes sense. Because, again, Geno Smith's on a one-year deal, essentially. He's really on a three-year deal, essentially a one-year deal. And Hooker's towards ACL. So he's not going to be battling for Geno Smith's spot this year. You can sit him down for a year. You're going to battle him out next year. I think Hendon Hooker's a very, very good quarterback. So maybe C- Seattle makes sense to me going there. But if not, receiver could make sense. you got Tyler Lockett getting older. You can get a slot guy in there. Or you just keep doubling down on the defensive line. Because that was something they've kind of nailed into this offseason. They need to prove the defensive they need to improve the defensive line. That's something that they've brought up a few times this offseason. So getting a guy like Carter or Anderson at at number five, and then drafting a D lineman like Van Ness or Cancy or Miles Murphy at twenty, I think that would make all the sense in the world. And if like if they go Anderson at five, then they'd go Cancy or maybe Mossy Smith from Michigan. Maybe he goes higher than what a lot of people are expecting. Mozzie Smith from Michigan's had a very good offseason and has been one of those risers of as of late. We had him going to the first round in the last mock draft. Maybe he goes that high in the draft. Maybe, maybe he's got the size to be very. He he could definitely go up there, but I would lean towards Hooker at this point. Twenty one, the Chargers. I they're going. I think they're going to go offense. I think it's between running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Depends on what they do with with Austin Eckler. And even that said, you look at what Kellen Moore did in Dallas. They did a lot of stuff with two-back sets. A lot of stuff with rotational in the running back position with Tony Pollard and Zeke. If B.J. If B- Robinson falls, I mean, we had that in the last mock draft. B- John Robinson going to San- Los Angeles. That would make sense. Him and Austin Eckler would be fun to see. But it sounds like Austin Eckler wants out. Maybe they go Jameer Gibbs. Maybe they go with Jameer Gibbs. A lot of people out there, per reports, think there's not as big of a gap between Gibbs and Robinson as originally perceived. So if they want to go with Robin or Gibbs there, that makes sense because he's a very good receiver, receiving back. He's the best receiving back in this draft. He doesn't have the exact size of like a Bijan Robinson. His game is very similar to that of Alvin Kamara and knowing what the Chargers want to do. I think they'd be perfectly fine with someone like Alvin Kamara. If that's the move there. If not, Zay flowers from Boston college makes a lot of sense. Jordan Addison's a local kid. I mean, really from Pitts went to pittsburgh but went to usc last year dalton kincaid makes a lot of sense when you look at what kellen moore did in dallas with dalton schultz i think he was the number two receiver on the cowboys last year so tight end position could be an upgrade there we'll see keenan allen's getting older they could do a different a bunch of different directions on offense but i think they're going offense maybe go edge rusher too maybe go edge rusher then you got 22 the ravens it looks like receiver or corner receiver or corner seemed like the most logical spots and I'm starting to lean a little bit more towards corner since adding Odell Beckham Jr. I think that's where the direction I'm leaning towards a little bit. I think Joey Porter Jr., if he falls to this point, I think would be the ideal pick for the Ravens. But receiver, Zay Flowers is there, if Jordan Addison's there, which I think they might both be, who knows? I think there's a real shot that they go there. But I would lean towards corner at this point. I don't think quarterback – I saw Bucky Brooks' mock draft today. They had him going corner – quarterback – Taking Anthony Richardson, I don't, I don't think that happens. Now for the Vikings, I think that's an option for them. Taking Hendon Hooker at twenty three makes a lot of sense. They could trade up for a quarterback. I again, I said this before. I don't think they'll trade up to two. I do not think that. I think that's a long way to move up from twenty three to two. That is a long way to go up. But you have last year, you traded back twice. To that I can remember, you traded back in the first round. You traded back a bunch of spots in the first round. You went from tw- uh, twelve to thirty two. And then in the second round, you traded back when the Packers traded up to get Christian Watson. And as far as the first pick goes, we don't know what's going to go on with that pick because Lewis Steen's barely played and Jameson Williams got one catch and he's getting suspended for the first six games of the year for gambling. So that pick's still up in the air. Right now, the Packers seem to be winning the second round trade because Christian Watson went off in the last like five, six games of the year. And Andrew Booth also got hurt. But I think... That twenty three to two just seems a long way. So you got you've accumulated a lot of picks, and you like you didn't really give up anything to get T J. Hawkinson. So maybe they trade up for them. But I receiver would be make a lot of sense if they don't go quarterback. You'd let Adam Thielen go. He's now in Carolina. Don't really have any other option. I like K.J. Jo- Osborne. I know a lot of Vikings fans like K J. Osborne. And you got Jalen Rager, the guy was picked one pick before Justin Jefferson. You still got him on the roster. You just picked up J., uh, Justin Jefferson's fifth year option. We'll see. We'll see Kevin O'Connell. I'm sure he's going to want a quarterback at some point. Maybe they draft one later if they don't get Hendon Hooker. I again, I just I have a hard time viewing them trading up to 2. I'm not saying it won't happen, but I just have a very hard time viewing that. That's a long way to go. It's a long like the Bills when they traded for Josh Allen, they didn't even trade up from 2. They were at 21 and 22. One pick before the Vikings, one and two picks before the Vikings. They traded to 12 and then to 7. So maybe the Vikings eke their way up the draft board, but I don't I don't think they Go up to two. I think that's a little too far. Uh, 24, that is the Jaguars. I think it's between either safety. I think it's between Brian Branch and an edge rusher. That's kind of who I'm deciding to between. They need help in the secondary. They need help in the edge rusher spot. They got Trayvon Walker last year. They just let Arden Key go this offseason. So they've they've. I think, I think, I could be completely wrong about this. I think they've done the most interviews with edge rushers this offseason. I think they've done the most interviews with edge rushers. And I think someone like Lucas Van Ness, if he's available, would make a lot of sense. I think Miles Murphy, from a trade standpoint, would make a lot of sense. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, you look at what they did with Trayvon Walker last year, that fits the bill of Miles Murphy. But I think Lucas Van Ness would be the number one guy if he's available. I'm leaning more towards edge, but Brian Branch would be a definitely intriguing prospect there. It's just hard because this is not a good safety. Like, from what everybody... What I've read... The NFL does not view this as a good safety class. So, that may push up safeties in this draft, if that makes sense. Like, the better safeties are going to go a little bit sooner. The only player that I am 100% certain in regards to this safety class that I am confident where they're ranked is Brian Branch. I don't know where the NFL team's rank second. We had Antonio Johnson, you have Jair Brown, you have Jamie Robinson, you have Sidney Brown. Like, you have a lot of different safeties. You have J.L. Skinner, Brandon Joseph. This is just off the top of my head. you got like a bunch of different safeties you could go here. The number one guy that I'm pretty confident in saying is Brian Branch because of his versatility. He can play both corner and safety. Nickel corner too. So, I don't know. We'll see about that one. 25, the the Giants. I think it's between either corner and receiver. Dark horse off to lineman. Like a center. Joe Tippman from Wisconsin I think makes sense here. Maybe they go because Nick Gates, their their center from the past few seasons, just went with Washington this offseason, so you go with that. But the receiving core is not great. I, just, I think it just depends on who's available. I think they like Jordan Addison. I think they're still a little bit butthurt from what happened with the Devontae Smith thing, so maybe they try to trade up for Jordan Addison, make sure someone like the Ravens or the Vikings or Chargers don't get him. Because after But before those three, I don't really think anybody before them would get Jordan Addison. I don't think. Maybe they trade up with Seattle. I think that could be a possibility. So, yeah, I think it's between those. Jordan Addison, I think, is their number one guy. But I think Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State would make a lot of sense here. The Giants need some help in the secondary. Played, surprised a lot of people this past year. But a lot of it, I'm sure they're going to be looking at, man, we need to help our offense a little bit because we just signed Daniel Jones to a nice little extension. So, receiver and offensive lineman could make a lot of sense here. But I think corner's definitely up there as well. Cowboys? I think it's gonna I think they're gonna go offense. I think corner could be an option. Could be, but I think the main focus, I think running back would be an option. I think Jameer Gibbs makes a lot of sense for them. They got Tony Pollard, but he's coming off an injury. I think it was Achilles injury. And they just cut Zeke. So there's a hole at running back for the Dallas Cowboys. Tight end is an option because again, they just lost Dalton lost. They just let Dalton Schultz go in free agency. They tried to bring him back. He said nah, I'm gonna test the waters and he signed a one year deal in Houston. You got Jake Ferguson there maybe you feel like he's the real option and the real deal at number one tight end. Maybe that's how you feel about it. But I, and then you got off to lineman. I think Steve, Steve Avila from TCU dark horse pick there. I think that would make a lot of sense for them, but I would lean either tight end or running back. I think Jameer Gibbs with his ability in the past game, I think would be really big, but maybe they feel like that's too, they got the same guy essentially with Tony Pollard and Jameer Gibbs. Maybe they don't want to do that. I don't know, but I think those are two options for them. The bills I think it's between linebacker and receiver. I off to line I think is a very big thing here. But they signed a few guards this offseason, so I don't really know if early on they're gonna go after the off to line. I think they might draft one later, maybe second or third round. I think defensive tackle could be an option here. I think Mozzie Smith fits what their their mold of young players that are physically gifted. I think Jalen Hyatt fits that mold as well, primarily a slot guy. But that would just add a whole other element to the offense in regards to his speed. Ran a 4-4 at the Combine, but he's way faster than that. He's way faster than 4-4. And even then, 4-4 is an insane time, too. Like, don't let people belittle that. Like, that is an insane time. It's not as fast as what he or I thought he would run, but apparently he had a hamstring issue, which I believe 100% because the dude is insanely fast. I think it'd be fun to see. But we've talked about this before. I think they've kind of pigeonholed themselves into getting a linebacker. I have a hard time believing they're going to go with Bernardo Dodson at linebacker to replace Tremaine Edmonds. I think Jack Campbell working out with Luke Keekley is massive, and he's got the size that would replace Tremaine Edmonds. They're pretty much the exact same size. But Drew Sanders fits more of their mold of young, athletic players. Like, apart from uh, Ed, Ed Oliver, all the other players that they have drafted, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, have been under that younger very athletic traitsy kind of guy. I think Drew Sanders fits that mold more than Jack Campbell does, but if you want to keep a similar-ish style defense to what you got right now, Jack Campbell makes more sense than Sanders because he's an edge learning how to be a middle linebacker. Jack Campbell is a middle linebacker. The ceiling for Drew Sanders is arguably higher, but if you want to stick with what you got, then Jack Campbell would be your guy, and he just feels like a Bills player. He just feels like a Bills guy. But I think Mozzie Smith is definitely an option there. Massive dude. If you're gonna keep, I saw this on Twitter today. If you're going to be a smaller linebacking core, you've got to get bigger up front. So Mozzie Smith makes sense for the Bills, but receiver is going to be the dream pick. Maybe they go with Jameer Gibbs. Maybe they go with Jameer Gibbs. If they didn't sign Damian Harris, I'd be a little bit more confident in saying that, but I think they go with receiver or linebacker. Those are the top two picks. Uh, Bengals, Jameer Gibbs could be an option here. Definitely could be an option here, but I think tight end is probably their biggest thing corner i think julius brentz from kansas state makes a lot of sense going here i think that'd be a dark horse pick tackle dewan jones anton harrison would make sense (coughs) but i'd lean towards tight end i think michael meyer being here would make the most sense they lost hayden hurst they i think they lost all their tight ends they might have one tight end on the roster maybe they have one more do i have anybody that's played for the Bengals on the i'm still on the bears wikipedia page when we were looking at their running backs do i have anybody that's played for the Bengals on here Nathan Peterman just re-signed, which is super cool. Chase Allen, did he ever play for the Bengals? Might have. Robert Tunyon didn't. Does anybody ever play for the Bengals on this team? Okay, we can go to the Chase Claypool. I see people play these games on like Wikipedia, like try to get to a, a spot. Like you start on one page, you just have to get to another page. That's kind of what we're doing right now. We're going from Chase Claypool to the Steelers to the Bengals, to the AFC North to the Bengals. Okay, so the Bengals have – okay, they signed Drew, or Irv Smith Jr. from the Vikings. It's not sold me. <laughs> they have Drew Sample, Tanner Hudson, Nick Bowers, and Devin Asai. So I think tight end would make a lot of sense. But, again, running back, you only have Chris Evans, Joe Mixon, and Trayvon Williams. So maybe that's an option here. Maybe that's an option. They, there's been rumblings about them cutting Joe Mixon. I don't know when the cut deadline is, but maybe that's an option for him. But I think Jameer Gibbs would make a lot of sense for the Bengals. The Saints at 29, I think they're going defensive line. I think it could be an edge rusher or defensive tackle. I think Mozzie Smith makes sense. I think Atabaro from Northwestern makes sense. Will Will McDonald from Iowa State. Uh, but I think they'd go with the more versatile guys like Atabaro or Miles Murphy who can play three tech and as an edge rusher. I think that'd be key here because those are two positions they both lost this offseason. I saw some Saints fans on Twitter saying Mozzie Smith would be a little bit redundant with what they currently have. So that's where it opened the door for the other guys in there. But I think those are probably Atabaro and Miles Murphy, probably your top two guys for New Orleans. Maybe they go with the tight end. Maybe they go with the My- uh, Michael Mayer, Mayer or they go with the Darnell Washington. I think Darnell Washington could be an option for the Bengals too. Just, apparently he's got some medicals that are scaring some teams uh, slightly. I saw Peter Schrager said Sam Laporta from Iowa could go before Darnell, Darnell Washington. Sam Laporta is super athletic. He just played with Spencer Peters. So <laughs> maybe people aren't really familiar with his game too much. And then uh 20, 30, 30, the Philadelphia Eagles, they have a lot of different – like, their roster's still really good. They lost some pieces this offseason, but they're still really good. I think Jameer Gibbs would be a lot of fan favorites out there because you have Rashad Penny there, could be your power guy, and then you could have Jameer Gibbs be your pass-catching guy. So it sounds like they want to add a pass-catching back this offseason. And that could be in the second round or third round. Like, Tajay Spears from Tulane could be an option for them. So maybe they go in that direction. Maybe you go Deuce Vaughn later. They had success with Darren Sproles, another Kansas State guy, so maybe you go with him. Later, later. This would not be a top-two round. This wouldn't even be probably a day-two thing. This would probably be day-three. But, like, you look back on the defensive side, uh, Atabaro from from Northwestern, again, we brought him up with the Saints. I think he'd make a lot of sense here. Again, playing three-tech. Losing Javon Hargraves. big. You add Atabaro and you add Nolan Smith. Those are big pickups right there. Those are massive pickups. They like... They could partner him with Jordan Phillips, or Jordan Phillips. Bill's legend, Jordan Phillips. Jordan Davis would be very fun to see. Safety, Brian Branch. You let Chauncey Gardner-Johnson go. He's with the Lions. They've been linked with Buda Baker from Arizona, so we'll see if that takes place. But I think those are probably your top options. Again, off line could be here. Maybe they go with Osiris Torrance here. The guard from Florida. Maybe they want to place Isaac Smello here. That could be an option. So, I don't know. I would lean towards Adebaro or Jameer Gibbs. For the Eagles here. That's where my gut would tell me. And then the Chiefs, the last pick. Your your Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Uh, receiver's going to be a lot of people's number one option. I think tackle would have been if they weren't, quote-unquote, convinced by Louis, Lucas Niang and uh, Darren Kennard from Kentucky, who was drafted last year. So you got those two at right tackle. You, got, you just signed Juan Taylor from Jacksonville to a decent contract. So if they didn't have those guys in place, maybe this would be a little bit different after letting Wiley and Orlando Brown go this offseason. But I think receiver would be a number well, be a lot of people's number one spot. I know they like uh Zay Flowers. They just Zay Flowers just worked out with Patrick Mahomes. Jail Jalen Hyatt would make sense. Add that speed back in the offense. They lost McCall Hardman this offseason. I think I think he went to the Jets, I think. And you got uh, Kadarius Toney, lost Juju Smith Schuster. So Maybe add in one of those two, Jalen Hyatt or uh, Zay Flowers. You'd have to trade up for Zay Flowers, but maybe that's an option. And then defensive line. Edge rusher, I mean, you let Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap go. So maybe edge rusher's big, and the Chiefs like bigger edge rushers. I, I know we went away from that in the last mock draft, and I even said that in the description for Will McDonald going here, that they like bigger edge rushers. So I think, like, Keon White... From Georgia Tech would probably make a little bit more sense from what, like a, a history standpoint. The other than drafting George Karlaftis last year, bigger edge rusher. And then you've got like interior D line. I've I've seen things where they're linked heavily with Mozzie Smith, the guy we brought up a few times before, the guy from Michigan. So maybe that's an option they go with there. So that's your first round. That's kind of what we're looking at right now. If I had to make like a, I don't know, I don't want to do like a whole go through every pick and then say exactly who I think it is, like nailed down. I'm going to say who I, like the person I'm leaning towards. It's not going to be exactly what the final mock draft looks like, but who I'm leaning towards. For the first pick, Carolina, I would lean towards Bryce Young. I think there's a chance, again, we've brought this up numerous times. I think there's a chance that Will Levis goes first overall because of the fact that David Tepper really does like him, and that's been reported for months. This isn't a new thing that's popped up, so it wouldn't surprise me. I think given what Peter Schrager said, I trust what Peter Schrager says. He got me to go with Taven Collins or Zavin Collins for the Cardinals for years ago, so I'm gonna go with Tyree Wilson there. I, and the Cardinals just take Will Anderson. I, I would that would be my gut feeling right now. The Colts, I think it would be Will Levis. Seahawks, I think it would be Jalen Carter. I think the Lions would take Devin Witherspoon. Raiders, I think they take Christian Gonzalez. Falcons, I would lean towards Robinson. Bears, Paris Johnson. Eagles, Nolan Smith, Titans, I think they'd take Stroud if he's available, Texans, I think they'd maybe lean towards Richardson if he's available, Packers, uh, Jack Smith and Jigba if he's available, which I would imagine he is, the Patriots, one of the tackles, uh, one of the guys there, um, Skronsky or Jones, either one, the next one will go to the Jets at, at 15, the Commanders we're going with Deontay Banks, the Steelers will go with Darnell Wright, then we got the Lions. We'll have them take a Kalijah Kansi from Pittsburgh. The Buccaneers, will have them take an Anton Harrison. Seattle Seahawks, will have them go in Hendon Hooker. Chargers, will have them take in Zay Flowers. Ravens, Joey Porter Jr. Vikings, taking Jordan Addison. The but the Jaguars, taking Lucas Van Ness. Giants, we got to have them take in Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State. The Cowboys, um... We're going to have to take in Don Kincaid. Bills, Jack Campbell. Again, this is not what I would do. This is what I think could happen. The Bengals, we're going to have to take in Michael Meyer. The Saints, we're going to have them take Miles Murphy. Eagles, uh, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs or Adebaro, I don't know. And the Chiefs, Mozzie Smith or Jameer Gibbs. I I didn't bring up Jameer Gibbs earlier, but they're linked with him too. So if Jameer Gibbs doesn't go to Philly or Cincy or Dallas, I would think he would go to Kansas City. And then the Eagles would take Adebaro at 30. And then the Steelers, I guess they're still there. We'll just take one of the corners. Keely Ringo, I don't know. Just one of the corners. But that that's like speed running. I'm not confident in that. I'm not saying that's what the mock draft's going to look like. But that's what I would lean towards at this point in time. So, yeah, we got Young 1, Wilson 2, Anderson 3, Levis 4, Carter 5, Witherspoon 6, Gonzalez 7, Robinson 8, Johnson 9, Nolan Smith 10, C.J. Stroud, 11. Anthony Richardson, 12. Smith and Jigba, 13. Skoronsky 14. Broderick Jones, 15. Again, that could go with whatever order. Deontay Banks, 16. Darnell Wright, 17. Kalajah Kansi, 18. Anton Harrison, 19. Hendon Hooker, 20. Zay Flowers, 21. Joey Porter, 22. Jordan Aston 23. Lucas Van Ness, 24. Emmanuel Forbes, 25. Don KK 26. Jack Campbell, 27. Michael Mayer, 28. Miles Murphy, 29. Jameer Gibbs, 30. And Mozzie Smith, 31. But again... I think at a borrowed affiliate, thirty makes sense. And then Jameer Gibbs going thirty-one. I think that could happen. I think all these picks could be hundred percent wrong. Could be hundred percent wrong. Like that's the crazy part about this draft compared to others. Like no one knows what's going to happen. And I saw some today. Would the Drake May and Caleb Williams? if They were drafted this year. Would they be where would they be ranked under the quarterbacks? I think Caleb Williams would be one. I think you could have a conversation versus Drake May and and Bryce Young. I think that'd be an interesting conversation. I see a lot of people putting Drake May number two behind Caleb Williams, but we'll see. I think that's a, I think that's an interesting conversation between those two. But I love like leading up to this. Like everybody's like, oh, this draft sucks compared to like next year's draft's gonna be so much better. That's how it's always is. That's how it always is. Everybody's like, oh, this draft sucks. Next year's will be better. Yeah, this year's draft sucks. Next year's will be better. Always that. It's always like that always like that, but I if I had to bet wager money, I would say Bryce Young goes one, and then I'm not confident with anything else, <laughs> again, I just feel like trading up from 11 to 3 is just a lot for the Tennessee Titans, I think the Raiders would be more likely to trade up, but I again, all of this, I could be completely wrong about every single thing I've said, I could, I could be 100% wrong with everything that I've said. I'm not sitting here and telling you that this is going to be gospel because it's not. I I don't want you to think that Logan is the end-all be-all here, but yeah, here's one. If the Cardinals trade down to 11 with the Tennessee Titans moving up for QB, it would be cool to see Arizona take Bijan Robinson and keep him with his home state. They are far from being competitive either way, so why not take best player available after trading down and getting a boatload of picks? Organized Cardinals fans would probably be pissed draft night because it's, quote, it's just a running back but it's extremely upgradable position on their roster. And yeah, it the development edge in Tyree Wilson or a cornerback and Gonzalez or Witherspoon would be nice, but this is a cool idea to me. Yeah. I think if they traded back it'd be for the corner, it, depending on where they go, I think that's, I, yeah, it's, I geez, I have no idea. Bijan Robinson can play with any QB of his choice. Jalen hurts. We'll see if that actually, that he said that he's on ESPN right now. So apparently that's what he said there. Now, if I search Will Levis, let's see what happens if I search Will Levis on Twitter. Let's see what people are talking. Let's see what the people are saying. Will Levis' stock reportedly, quote, rapidly rising as we inch closer to the draft. Multiple scouts and evaluators reportedly see it, quote, as near impossible for Levis to make out of the top four picks. Yeah. I don't know. If he goes first overall, I'm ready for social media to absolutely explode. I'm absolutely ready for that. But again, it could happen. Will Levis is the best quarterback in this draft class. Pete Prisco did not mince his words. Bryce Young is tiny. CJ Dowd has never had to deal with muddy pockets. And Richardson is a project. Okay, Pickamau didn't play well last year. The year before, he had Kentucky in the top 10. Think about that for a second. Well, he had, the top, he had them in the top 10 this year, too. Is getting picked apart. He reminds me of Josh Allen. Remember when Josh Allen came out? Everybody said he can't throw, not accurate, will never be fixed. If you looked at the tape, he was throwing it to bouncers and bartenders, past going off their face masks. Same thing for Levis. That's why Will Levis is the best quarterback in this class. That's why he should be the first overall pick. If he had misses, but I will not be missing on this one. Okay, that's fair. And Pete Priska, or Pete, uh, Peter Schrager, I have heard a lot of people around the league suggest the Colts are fans of Will Levis. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Will Levis go second overall, first overall, whatever. It's going to be very interesting to see social media absolutely implode, especially if he goes before CJ Stroud. It's going to be very fun. But the draft's a fun time, stressful time, but I've lost sleep the past few nights because I've woken up randomly and go like, hey, I've got to make a mock draft or something. So, yeah, we'll see. We will see. But uh, that's all I've got for you today on this Wednesday edition of Logan Blattman Show. I do hope you enjoyed it. If not, I sincerely apologize it trying to be better next time. And, yeah. Drafts on Thursday, we'll have a mock draft ready for you either at some point today, Wednesday, or Thursday. So you just have to wait and see on that. Make sure to follow Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media so you don't miss it. You can also go to com and go into the blog section or scroll down to the main page and there'll be a link down there for you to click on as well to check it out. And yeah, tread carefully in regards to these rumors. Tread carefully. We don't know anything until the draft actually happens, which is always fun and scary. But with that being said, I will see you guys all later. I hope you enjoyed the show. And we will be back to you some point either Friday or Monday to discuss the draft. Fun times ahead. I'll see you guys later. Peace.